The Walking Dead. Hello and welcome to the Walking Dead Wednesday. This is the second Walking Dead Wednesday ever in the history of Walking Dead Wednesdays. And I am here, as always, with my co-host, Michael Bailey. Hey, everybody. Scott Gardner. Yeah. And from work, once again, just a pause for the to let the awesomeness of that sink in, Mr. Sean Engel. I'm looking at prostates. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, but I'm at home in front of my computer. <laughs> Everyone's going to have a hobby. Uh, see, I'm I'm lucky I've turned my hobby into a job. <laughs> That's right. And now I'm the president. <laughs> uh, well, you you probably you probably do enjoy your job a lot more than I do. I, I had one of those reminders today at work that um, yeah, there are people out there doing what they want to do with their lives and making a lot of money at it, and it was depressing as hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to go kick those people in the nuts. Don't worry, they're miserable in some other way. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, guys. Everybody's miserable. <laughs> That's the, the perfect tone to set for The Walking Dead, too. Bring it in. <laughs> and uh, before we get into the issue, as as such, um, I have to r- remind the ever forgetful Scott Gardner. That he received some Walking Dead swag recently, that he's uh, was going to give a shout out for. Yes, yes, big shout outs to uh, listener Bill Robinson who sent me. He sent me a big old box of books recently. Uh, I'm going to talk about the other books that uh, came along here in another episode, but there was one surprise book in here that I had no idea that he was going to include. And it is a beautiful, I mean, if this were a comic, I would have to say mint condition. Beautiful, the hardcover edition, The Walking Dead, Rise of the Governor by uh, Robert Kirkman and Jay Benazinga. Yeah, something like that. And uh, man, I can't wait to read this. And again, I I had no idea that this was going to be part of the uh, Boxo books that he sent me recently. So uh, thank you, Bill. This is awesome. I can't wait to read it. And uh, damn, this is one creepy cover on this book. But uh, I'm I'm ahead of you. I've I've actually I've actually been through it. I actually listened to the unedited audio book of it. And uh, so we got to So you got to read it so we can. so we don't don't, don't spoil it. anything, but uh, I won't but, spoil but, anything. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs thumbs up with some. Uh, um, I'll just say this: I think the ideal um, format for The Walking Dead is the comic. Um, I'm I'm happy with the other formats that of Walking Dead that I've experienced, i.e., book and TV show. But the comics are still yeah you, you you still can't beat the comics. Um, there's I have I have like nitpicks with the book for but for the most part I have a feeling it's going to be one of those books that you just like you you probably will wolf it down in like <laughs> two sittings cuz it 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 moves it, there, you know there's it's got the it's definitely got the Kirkman um signature to it and uh but I I I'm going to be very interested there's there's insane story elements and we'll have to have a debate before we do it 
off air about how much we want to spoil with it right yeah or or not but uh there's definitely a lot of lot to discuss in it as any well i'm uh, thing i'm about two-thirds of, of the way through the book i'm presently reading so no no promises as i am a notoriously slow reader but i will try to have this one done within say the next one or two uh walking dead wednesday shows so that we can uh we can discuss it because i am really looking forward to reading it also I'm curious uh, to see what you think yeah well, I, i'm curious about the book in general because you know that that governor's storyline was a really good one and uh and i'm intrigued Bill uh, did include a, a letter in the box of stuff he sent me that uh, I thought was very funny. He says, Scott, he says, hope these items can, can contribute to two true freaks. He says, I have enjoyed you guys from the start. I would actually like to do an Avengers podcast, but haven't gotten off my ass to do it yet. Well, get off your ass and do it, man, because we need an Avengers podcast. I'm pretty sure that, sadly, uh, Will Sanchez's Avengers Assemble podcast, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that one is... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to think it's still just on hiatus, but I, I see that the feed has has gone away. So I'd like to see somebody step in to uh, to to take, you know, take up that slack. Anyway, he continues. He says, I have been trying to train my wife to go to your site before she goes to Amazon. You want me to go where is usually the response. Oh, well, what to do? Been married for 17 plus years, so I have to keep her. Besides, it's you have to, get... to you have to use a regimen of positive and negative reinforcement, Bill. <laughs> he says, uh, preferably uh, with electronic shock. <laughs> he says, I have to keep her. Besides, it's hard to get rid of a body. Wait, forget that last part. Bill Robinson. <laughs> wow. OK, then. <laughs> Nice. Uh, you can tell his wife. Yeah, you can tell his wife is a regular listener to Two True Freaks, <laughs> or at least up until this point. Dear Mrs. Robinson, I'm not sure how to tell you this, but are you trying to seduce me? Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> exactly. You know, and that should be the name of his podcast because it's it's just kind of built in right there. I like that. Maybe maybe we could take the karaoke karaoke version of that song and and come up with some Avengers uh, um, lyrics that are appropriate. I may not know karate, but I know karaoke. Karaoke, karaoke. You know, I don't. We're about thirty seconds from offensive, so we may want to pull. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we like to keep it. (laughs) Right, just so on that razor edge. Well, anyway, yeah. So, okay. So, what, what we have um, issue number forty this month of the Walking Dead, and um, I will be um, I will be your synopsis server for tonight. My name is Chris. Wait, one other thing, real quick, before you do that. Oh, have yes. you guys seen the T-shirt? It's Zombie Christopher Walken, and underneath it says the Walking Dead. Walking Dead. <laughs> No, oh. I want that though. That's funny. That's almost. I would like a Walking Dead T-shirt. Would be nice because That's... Christopher Walken is an amazing actor, and I think he'd like that T-shirt. He'd be an awesome zombie too. Hello, children. <laughs> Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. That's that's almost as good as the uh, Team Edward shirt that has the face of Edward James Olmos on it. I. <laughs> Hey, Edward James almost taught me algebra. So, you know, yeah, with his, you know, it was, it was an amazing experience. 
I think Edward J. Almos was taken out into space and just had like space debris like impact all over his face. Pretty much. Dude, really? Oh my god. I'm thinking of Edward James Almos, right? He's got like crater face, like yeah. leather crater face. Yeah, but it's face, not like, like he can believe, help right? it, dude. I mean, uh, unless he like did a lot of drugs, and that's why he's got crater. He was yeah. he was hot popping into his face and stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude. He threw a, he he poured pop rocks all over his face and poured <laughs> soda on it, and it was just a. And that's uh, what killed Mikey. That, that that was actually going to be the origin of Two Face for uh, the, the Dark Knight from a couple years ago, but they just they just totally went away from it. Yeah, the the Hot Rocks people got their lawyers on him and said, "Hey, no way, man! Not with this Mikey thing. You're not going to do this shit to Pop Rocks. It's bad enough. You know, we're going to get together with Bubble Yum and strike back." Okay. Walk. <laughs> Anything else, Scott? No, that was it. All right. <laughs> I'm Chris Honeywell. I will be your Walking Dead server for tonight. If you have any questions, you, you can just yell them into the air because you're listening to a podcast, stupid. Okay. What are your specials? How's the veal? What are the specials today? Oh, we got we got fresh veal on the menu today. We got, um, we've got a leg from the knee down. Fresh. It's a little chewed Taste. on, but it's fresh. Brains. <laughs> and always brains. It's Jesus, you do that. Just, Scott, you do that like a sample. It's brains. Crazy. It's crazy. It's like man. we got a soundboard, and every once in a while you hit the <laughs> brains button. I know. Brains. <laughs> I actually do have a sound bite of Scott doing exactly that, and, and now I don't have to go and dig it out. <laughs> Scott right, so Gardner, is... the human soundboard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um so this is this is issue number 40 and uh once again the the usual crew Kirkman Adler and Rathburn we got a a real simple cover this month you just got Rick looking staring at the at the reader in shock and surprise his face and hair splashed in what else could it be but blood buckets and buckets of blood so we start right out um Right where where we left off, um, a nice quiet moment with uh, with Rick and his and his new baby, and Lori and just a nice little family scene. The baby swaddled all up, and then all of a sudden, kaboom! The door flies open, led by Andrea, and she's got uh, Axel and Michonne and Glenn and uh, Tyrese, and they're carrying um, um, Dale, Dale in. And, uh, you know, oh, my God, you know, Dale's Dale screwed up. We're going to have to take his leg off right now. And uh, and Andrea's just she's just on fire. She's just like, I want you guys to saw his leg off right now. And Dale is pretty much in agreement. He says, you know, that's pretty much the only option I have. If you're going to do it, do it now. And uh, Alice gets ready to saw off his leg. She doesn't think she can do it. She just did her first baby birth and. And so Rick, of course, being Rick, says, look, I'll do it. You know, you guys hold him down. And uh, off comes Dale's leg in just a not very gory, but still very grueling scene. And uh, uh, amazingly, he seems to be, for someone who just got his leg cut off with no um, anesthesia, it looks like he's doing a lot better than uh, the last guy who they, they had to take his leg off. And uh, 
of course, Laurie picks this opportune, opportune moment once they've got the leg tied off and and Dale sort of stabilized to um, to say she's chosen a name for the baby and that's Judith, or she thinks that that's what they they should call it. So um, then we see the rest of the crew. They're 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 packing up a truck with supplies and just generally, you know, um, you know, gossiping about what happened the night before and trying to put together exactly what was going to happen and whether Dale was going to make it. And then we've got a scene, um, you know, with, uh, with Carl and Rick where, where Rick's, um, putting together the, the, the baby's new crib and, you know, just sort of, um, you know, explaining to Carl about, you know, how the baby's a human being. He can stop calling it it now. And, uh, and just having a nice little, uh, little dad moment where you know he tells him how a man puts together a crib without using the instruction manual then we get a a pretty blunt conversation between dale who's already you know he's already awake and having a conversation with andrea and they have a pretty pretty blunt conversation where andrea is is, you know gets pissed at him for for going out and risking his life because he's you know he's older than everybody else and you know he just shouldn't run off on the missions but you know, Dale being the wise, you know, older guy knows that she's just blowing off steam and, and they have a nice moment. And then uh, then we get to see uh, Lori's booby as uh, as she's feeding baby Judith and, and Carl comes in and has a really nice, nice moment where he gets to see the baby for the first time and then just has this very adult moment where, you know, he 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 realizes that this baby's not going to have the same world that he did that she's kind of uh lucky because she won't have anything to compare her current life to and um then we see a a a scene in the garden with with um herschel and what's what's herschel's kid's name again billy Billy, who who was uh was out with dale when he got attacked and um you know, he, he sort of scolds Billy for using the Lord's name in vain or, or taking, you know, taking the word hell out of context. And for, for some reason, that seems to have uh, have quite an effect on Axel. That gather, gathers Axel's attention. All right, we get a good scene with uh, Dale and Andrea where he's starting to, he's starting to sit up and, and, uh, and, and move around. She's found him a set of, uh, of crutches which, um, you know, he's, he's happy to have. But, um, you know, he's starting to come to terms with, um, with his, his foot being cut off and generally just seems basically happy, happy to be alive. So it's, it's good to see him actually not... The last time they cut somebody's leg off, he went into a, into a fever and basically died real soon. Uh, then we get a nice scene where Rick's finally getting to shave after probably what like the last 10 issues and he's basically just sort of picking on glenn a little bit about how um he's enjoying being married now but you know just give it a little bit of time and um then we have a scene with carol and laurie where carol's starting to get a little weird and 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 stalkery with with laurie about uh, you know missing her and and being alone and and being just generally sort of hair touchy and starting to be twitchy and crazy. And then we get a great scene where uh, it's a nice full page spread of the whole crew at uh, 
gun practice where we get to we get to see it you know who's who's the good shooters and who's the bad we're, we're seeing billy's coming along and and we find out that uh tyrese who's usually been seems like he's been good at everything is a really really shitty shot with a gun at one point andrea even recommends that he should probably just take the gun and throw it at whatever the target is and um then we have a really i i really like this scene with uh with rick and uh dale where you know dale just basically basically tells rick hey you know my glasses is half full but he generally He's try. It seems like he's he's kind of trying to remind Rick that everything might not be, you know, as stable as it seems, and and it ends with him actually watching Andrea sort of uh, joking and horsing around with Tyrese, with a sort of the 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 signature Kirkman implication at the end of the episode, which may or may not go anywhere. But that's um. Walking Dead number 40, at least from the synopsis point of view. What did you guys think? I like this. This is a nice sort of, you know, you get the action-filled issues, and then you get the nice quiet one. And this one seems to be spanning over, uh, you know, from the issue, it looks like it's spanning over a few weeks, maybe Mm -hmm. even up to uh, maybe a month. But uh, it's got some really great, uh, some really great things in it. um, I'm trying to think. Page looking at my notes here it's I don't, I don't have pages but the page where andrea confronts dale you know after him you know going out to going out to get gas to try and start the generators in the last issue that is i know we're not talking about the tv show and we're just talking about the comic but this is the andrea that i really like i mean it's pitch perfect and it's kind of upsetting that this isn't the andrea that we're getting in this show um I also love the scene uh, where, uh, you know, Carl's helping Rick build the crib for Judith. And, uh, you know, he's just basically talking about, you know, he, he still sees Judith as an it. He doesn't see her as a girl yet. And <clears throat> you get the, uh, get the thing that he's been spending a lot of time with Carol and Sophia. And that, you know, he, Carl's starting to get the idea that, things aren't going well with Carol. So, you know, he says that she's crying a lot at night. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? And, and you also get the next, the next scene with Carl after he actually goes and meets Judith, you know, that, that part that uh, Chris was talking about in the synopsis that, you know, he says she's lucky. She won't know about how life was before this. She won't grow up scared. And yeah, that really is a very adult moment for uh, Carl and I'm wondering if that's like one of the uh, first moments you get with him you know where he's actually kind of sort of resolved to the fact that he's going to have to grow up in a world and even though he's a child he's going to have to be an adult and this is kind of setting up stuff that's going to be you know happening with Carl later on in the series but uh, all in all this was a really nice oh one other thing I was uh, I was kind of interested uh about the name selection of Judith. And I did a little Wikipedia search and I don't want to bring in a bunch of biblical stuff in here, but Judith in the Bible actually was known for decapitating the head of, oh, let me pull this up. Who is this guy? <laughs> this guy, Holofernes. Uh, it was something uh-huh. about, uh, you know, he was a general in the army that didn't believe in God. 
So she uh, basically seduced him and cut off his head while he was in a drunken stupor and brought it back to her people to uh, basically show them that this is this is what you should you know you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't fuck around with with not believing in God. So I thought that was kind <laughs> of interesting that that the baby would be named after someone who cuts people's heads off. Yes, I bet you. I'm I'm sure that I I mean. Kirkman definitely gets in this and the TV show. He's definitely put a, a lot of biblical stuff in, and and in the up in in the Rise of the Governor, there's a lot of you know he he'll have he has has had a lot of like, and uh, and, you know coming up, there's been a, a lot of religious characters like Herschel, and you know there's a there's a priest that that shows up later on in the story. Oh yeah. So, you know. Um, it's it, it, he's definitely maybe you know that definitely could be where that that came from for sure because you there's no not no other point of reference in the story so far to to you know it could be there you know i mean it's something mundane like it was her mother or something but you yeah know. but I, I agree with you in the in the name dropping scene after you know all this chaos has gone down in the er and they've cut off dale's leg and everything you get the shot of of uh, Lori with the baby going, I think I'm going to name her Judith. And it's a nice way to sort of break up, you know, the, the the chaos and all the turmoil that's going on with something sort of calm and sedate and bringing it back to normalcy. Yeah, and it's just, it's 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 a weird moment too because it just seems like just a weird time to do it, but it, it, it fits perfectly. It's a nice little beat at the end of that at the end of that scene. Yeah. I I I think he like a lot of this comic. I think he it's it's really funny how he really um works hard to make you know that that it, this leg isn't what's going to be what kills Dale, you know. They yeah. just do it. They're just like, "Oh, you know, he's he's recovering very quickly." And then you see that he's, you know, he's recovering quickly. He's in good spirits and and everything like that but they, they they seem to take special pains in this one to stress that point that that dale is is really doing a lot better than it, you know he i mean yeah a lot better really, than the previous guy who they did this to yeah and the first uh, uh, what was it alan maybe yeah alan. The, so many people to keep track of i know and and it's and you know i mean when i originally read this when this was coming out month by month i mean I pretty much was like, oh, shit, there goes Dale, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, I love how Kirk- Kirkman does that. He scares the hell out of you, and then he then he smooths it all over and 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 gets it, gets it rolling. Well, and that's the other thing about this issue is that, that at the end of the issue, you get this sort of, you know, conversation between Rick and Dale, and Dale basically going, oh, it's really going great, but for how long? And you know that that's just Kirkman setting it up for something something terrible yes. to go on down the line. Yeah. That was the impression and, and, I got too is that that this is this is Kirkman winking at you from the book saying don't get too comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 him going, you know, maybe you know, cuz he does that he does that Dale sort of thing where he doesn't make a suggestion but he's just like, "So, you're not teaching I notice you're not teaching Carl to shoot anymore." No, I figure I don't. He doesn't need to carry a gun. And Dale's basically just saying, you know, don't 
think that he's gonna be here forever <laughs> you know yeah I I was um I, I was almost dead t you know a few hours ago and and now I don't have half a leg and don't don't get too comfortable you know but he's just doing it in his his Yoda Dale sort of way yeah well that's, I really like that scene that's what I like about Dale he's he's kind of the pragmatist of the of the series. yeah yeah, and he's he's always he's always back and observing, and his observations are always, seem to always almost be dead on. He's always picking up on stuff before anybody else, and he doesn't hesitate to grab like you know. At, at this point, it's like Rick, Michonne, and Tyrese who are the three, you know, sort of alpha dogs, and he doesn't uh, waste any time when he sees anything to go look i think this person's going crazy i think these two people are sleeping together you know and it, and and at first it almost came off as if dale was gossipy but but then he i i think he actually explained it himself saying look you know these things were trivial before but they're not trivial now because interpersonal relationships are going to mean life or death you know and uh that's very pragmatic. <laughs> Most people are not thinking, you know, even probably in in this situation. One of my big observations is, uh, uh, now that they're running the TV show again, Carl just seems, and, and Carl's further along in the story, in this comic, he seems younger than he does in the TV show in this. Oh, yeah. He's, it's it's a, a lot younger kid that's been through this trauma and is is this um sophisticated at this point so uh i i noticed i noticed that now that i'm reading these post tv show production the uh the thing for me about this issue that the one image that stands out is you know you have a couple really nice two-page spreads of like the entire cast doing stuff whether it be getting food or shooting guns the one piece of art that stands out is the panel of and it's almost like the entire page it's like a almost you know over half the page of rick and uh and why can't i remember his name we've been saying it for like hours now dale oh dale. god Oh, I feel like it it's happens. No, it happens a lot with The Walking Dead because there's just a million names to them sitting there with limbs missing, mm -hmm. just talking. It's an amazing piece of artwork because it says so much about the two of them. My biggest complaint of this issue is that Dale comes to acceptance too fast. Man just lost his leg. It's almost like did days go by over the course of this issue, and I just didn't notice it, or well, is it well, all in the same day? It could day? be weeks. It could be yeah. Weeks. No, they, no. they mentioned they mentioned somewhere in the issue that it's been a couple of weeks at, at okay. one point in the issue. I remember them saying that. So yeah, the compression of time is is, is too subtle in this issue. Well, and also, sporting you know, not really spoiling anything, but you know, they kind of in later issues you kind of see what happened during the span of time as well yeah, yeah but, with, um, with other people i do like uh, andrea wigging out on him oh yeah 
with that one beautiful panel of her going, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're old and you're slow. What are you, are you high? I mean, it's just, and it's just her having her little meltdown over it. And yeah. then he holds her and it's really nice. And I love the fact that we're at the point uh, that, uh, you know, Rick just cut a man's leg off and his wife's reaction is, I think we should name her Judith. <laughs> like, well, I think that's why Dale's maybe maybe Dale's come to realize that he doesn't have the luxury of going through the whole, you know, um, what are, what are all the steps of uh, what is it called? The, the, the five stages, stages of, grieving. of grief. Of grief, yeah, for his leg, you know, it, it, he he doesn't have the luxury of denial and and all of that denial with a missing limb is really easy to get over because once you fall once (laughs) you're like hey that leg's not there anymore is it It, he sort of addresses that when he's has a little conversation where he's like hey i have dreams you know every night where i have my leg and they're you know good dreams and i wake up every morning and there that's the first thing i see so i remember um i really didn't like the little thing at the end of the final panel of dale looking at andrea andrea and tyrese laughing together like ah they're gonna hook up aren't they i'm just a useless old man i suck i didn't like that i thought it was kind of a lousy way to end the issue actually good issue uh overall uh a little too like i said the timing of of the issue was kind of off for me uh more of the pacing of the way they showed time flowing I didn't get a sense that time was flowing. And I don't need the, you know, like the changing of the seasons outside, you know, like we're in one panel, there's no snow on the bars. And then the next there, there are, there is snow. And then in another panel, there isn't snow. I don't need something like that. But, you know, if I'm reading this, and I just kind of gloss over the fact that they mentioned that a couple weeks have gone by, then you have done too good of a job of hiding it. So, uh, cause you know, I'll admit sometimes, you know, I miss big things, but, um, overall I liked it. Uh, it's a good middle chapter. It's a good calm before the storm because Jesus Christ, what comes next is, or what is coming down the pike? Is just like, Oh my God. <laughs> and, yes. and they, they get, they're like, you know, I, I think it's in the last two pages. Dale says something like, yeah, you know. We got those people in Woodbury to worry about probably at some point, you know, but it's just like, oh, right. <laughs> and 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 this is just after Rick has gotten has escaped from there. So, yes, and two weeks have passed, which means that's given the the governor two weeks of fuming or dying or whatever. Or the You know, it's given them some time to to react to. Uh, rick's escape so the two-week thing is on that page where it's right after the scene where herschel yells at billy for uh because billy there it starts off with uh axel complaining about how hot it is outside and billy says it feels like hell and then that's why herschel chews him out because he feels like he's trivializing what he calls the lake of fire and and it's the page after that where Rick wakes up and he's talking with Lori, where Lori comments that Judith is now two, she's two weeks old today. So that was the the yeah 
indicator for time having passed in the issue. Also, you can see about two weeks worth of stretch marks on her boob too. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed that nice. out. That was that was. I'm glad I wasn't the only one who noticed that. <laughs> I uh, had the hair metal hero on this show. He would have been like two weeks and fourteen hours. <laughs> I like this issue a lot. Um, the the two things that really jumped out at me in this issue. Um, are again the very human elements of the story that that I think really add the impact of why Walking Dead is so fascinating a story and and you know captivates so many people that you know could look at it as just oh it's just another zombie thing. I like the part where uh, you know Rick's wife has just given birth. You know, this should be a happy moment. You know, there should be smiles all around. And there are. Just for that first page. Just for the first five panels of the book. And then, boom, everything goes to hell. You know, they they bring Dale in and, and, you know, right quick, it's it's back to crisis again. They've got to saw his leg off. They've got to try to figure out how to keep him alive. And... Rick is standing there looking at that, you know, looking at his friend laying there on the bed with his leg, you know, freshly amputated and just everything that's happened. And he stands there just lamenting the, this world that they live in now, that this is how things are and this is how it's going to be. So this should have been this happy moment. And the panel that strikes me the hardest in this whole book is that look on Lori's face right after Rick says that, you know about this world that they're in. And it's just, I feel for her. I mean, it's such a sad moment. This should have been a joyous occasion. You know, I mean, this was a miracle, you know, the miracle of birth and that whole thing. Yet it's entirely spoiled by, boom, there's an instant reminder, this isn't the old world anymore. You know, you're, you're still in hell. And it's terrible. And... That next panel is really weird and it's very awkward. And I don't really like it because it almost shows Lori in like, it's like she's in denial or I don't know if she's trying to bring the moment back or she's in denial or whatever. But just the thing where she says, I think we should name her Judith. It's I almost interpret it like her almost being kind of bitchy, like she's trying to bring her husband back to the moment they were at before they brought Dale in. And I it doesn't work. You know, well, for, she did just give birth, so she's pro- uh, exhausted. She's a bag of hormones. Right. Yeah. yeah. A bag of hormones on top of it. Yeah. So she's the, and, and then Dale happened on top right. of it. So I mean, and it, Lori, let's face it. Lori's kind of manipulative, uh, right. manipulative person. Yeah. It's probably meant to be awkward. I mean, I'm sure it was intended to be that way, but I think it feels awkward in a whole different way than than it was actually intended to be. But the other scene that I really like in this book, the the one that, again, feels completely real to me, is the scene where, where Dale wakes up in the morning and has that conversation with Andrea where he reveals that, you know, he doesn't have nightmares that every every night when he sleeps, he has good things. And it's basically he's going back to, you know, how things were and everything's fine and everything's normal. But then he wakes up and, and he's right back in hell again. 
And I liked that because I don't know if Kirkman intended it this way, but, you know, you guys talked about how he doesn't have time for for the uh, the five steps of grief or whatever it is. Um, but I think subconsciously his mind may be doing that for him, that this is the denial phase, that his subconscious mind when he sleeps right. is going back to denial, you know, and, and giving him that, that, that beautiful world. Because can you imagine, I mean... I know in my life there there have been instances where something horrible was happening in my real waking world. And so you actually looked forward to sleep and, and hopefully having good dreams so that you could escape for a little while from the reality you were actually in. And that just crushing feeling when you would wake up in the morning and, and slowly wake and, and come to the re- realization that the, the problem hadn't resolved itself, that it, that it still existed. And I got that. I got a real sense from what, how the, you know, Dale is describing his experiences that that's exactly what they're going through. You know, this is something that they're never going to be able to wake up from. So I, I find it realistic that when, at least one member of their cast sleeps, you know, his mind is going back to the old world. I, I I just, I found that just, yeah, that's completely believable. That that's kind of how I imagine it would be for some people. Um, beyond that, I, I just, I thought it was a really good issue. It was a, it was a nice little, um, slice of life setting things up. But I also like, how it's showing that they're becoming complacent. Mm-hmm. And that's why I really liked Dale's closing remark of, you know, now let's see how long it lasts, because I completely believe that that is Kirkman looking us, the reader, right in the eye and saying, you don't think this is going to last, do you? Buckle down. Yep. Yeah. Buckle down, buckaroos. It, yeah, it can't last. It's a horror comic. Yep. <laughs> You know, and the thing about it is that and and, you know, it can't last because there's not a lot. There's conflict amongst this group, but it's interpersonal. It's not like existential conflict. It's not, you know, look, you know, I want this person dead or, or this. It's it's a fairly functioning group. So at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and just by the nature of this world, it's like, you know, we keep getting the point driven home don't don't think that you're you know you're safe you know yeah Yeah. from the minute they were went to the housing development you know with all dead keep out you know right it's it's basically you know every time every time you stop to catch a breath there's that human um desire and and habit of starting to be like ah oh, maybe i can stay here so you know settling in and nesting in and right yeah it, it just you that that's a luxury that you can't afford in this world it seems well the other thing One way or another the other thing to to maybe talk about for a moment is the uh the teaser for the next issue's cover where it shows it says death surrounds them then it shows rick on one side of the fence and on the other it looks a hell of a lot like zombified Lori. Have you guys? Yeah, see that. Especially cover? the way, like the way the t- like the way she's wearing her t-shirt and the jeans. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the and the look on Rick's face is 
almost like catatonic, yep. you know, as if. Uh, but here's the thing about here's the thing about Kirkman. This his teasers have already always kind of annoyed me because a lot of times they're very uh, very manipulative and they sometimes don't pan out even symbolic like his covers a lot of times are just a symbolic you know sort of idea of what goes on they can show a situation that doesn't actually go on in the comic at all but they they portray a mood and these do too but I've always found them to be a little bit manipulative and be a little bit too like hey guess what we're gonna kill this person or so, you know hey, they got a book to sell <laughs> that's true and they, they certainly are were succeeding you, at that. you, you can't really fault succeeding. them for that because in a, in a lot of ways I you know as, as much as I I love the fact that I think that this book largely avoids just about any standard comic book cliche in a funny mm-hmm. way that that that's probably the biggest comic book cliche of all time you know you know, I, I Lex Luthor next fought, issue, the, fill, you know, yes. killed Superman. You know, that that's kind of what they're doing with with some of those covers, because you're right, because there's that famous one from way back in the series where it looks like they hanged the the serial killer guy that killed those girls. Yet Kirkman went on to admit that that cover was done well before the story was actually written, and he changed his mind that instead of having them hang the guy, Rick just beat him to death, remember? Yeah, but the cover still reflected that, you know, basically he was executed. Right. (laughs) So basically it was, and it was a little switcheroo in the (laughs) pun not intended, but I'll take credit for it, but in the execution of the... (laughs) Story. Oh, nice. Oh. Uh, I, I started, well, I was starting to go for the word execution. I'm like, oh, no. Okay, well, I'll have to acknowledge it. But, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 I, I, it, it, because I always get to a point where I see the teasers and I always go, okay, whatever. You know, I won't take them. I refuse to take them seriously. Although, as a piece, as usually a work of art and as a teaser, they're usually all awesome. And I love that this one has. I, I, I love when they draw flies around the zombies. And I've noticed <laughs> in, a, in uh, a lot of the episodes of the TV show, there's, you know, almost always fly sound effects when there's zombies around. And I like that. I think that's a detail that should always be there. And if they're getting the sound, maybe they can get some, like, scratch and sniff um, Ew. episodes going. 3D scratch and sniff Walking Dead. Well, I think we've beat this horse to death, so... Uh, <laughs> next, uh, next month? Week? Month? What next are we month. What are we again? I, what show am I on? Monthly. I, I, Walking Dead Wednesday. Who am I? Next month, Rick. Meets, you know who you are. Rick meets the Quick Bunny. Oh, that would be awesome. You know what? You Unless know it's what? Strawberry Quick. But strawberry Quick sucks. <laughs> you know what? You know what Kirkman needs to do. Kirkman needs to do Walking Dead hostess ads. Yes, oh. yes. I knew you were going to say that. Yes, you are. You are correct, sir. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Rick, we're hungry. Get us some food. 
All those zombies have the tasty hostess Twinkies. It'd be funny that they give them the Twinkies and the zombies eat them anyways. Because <laughs> they're zombies. <laughs> they don't care no, about it'll, it'll be. It would have... Uh, yeah. It would, <laughs> it would be like, throw these... Throw these host this box of hostess Twinkies at the zombies to distract them. <laughs> Wait, I have a better idea. Here's a box of hostess brains. <laughs> also, it could be hostess uh, snowballs. Hostess snowballs, and the zombies mistake them for brains. They're like, mmm, tasty brains. Also, on the next episode, Scott fights a bear in my pajamas. And by bear, we mean hairy gay man. <laughs> in his pajamas <laughs> how he got in his pajamas I don't even know oh wait that was wait. wrong that was <laughs> Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that two true freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libsyn.com and follow our link to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing. Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, Tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook, too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, two True, True Freaks. Freaks.
Future Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U. Well, I'm not that kind of person, but I found myself, like, in the ghetto where the sun ghetto. was falling. In the ghetto, there was a nerd walking down the street <laughs> all alone, had to take a piss in the ghetto. Oh, another <laughs> little tutor freak is born in the ghetto. <laughs> And, and his mama cried. There's <laughs> one thing that she don't need is another box set of Star Wars to feed in the ghetto. In the ghetto. In the ghetto. I am so glad you're recording this. <laughs> All right.